Hi, I'm Taylor, and welcome to the TD Nutrition Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the TD Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 22. This episode is all about the shingles virus, so talking about shingles. And typically, shingles is something that you don't really have to worry about until you're older. But more and more people are getting shingles symptoms and the shingles virus younger and younger. Um, And I mean, in my opinion, I think it goes back to our diets and the more heavily processed foods you're eating filled with toxic preservatives and things like that, that is going to allow any bad bacteria, pathogen, virus living in your body to get stronger, which then means, yes, you would see cases of shingles popping up when you're younger versus when you're older. Um, But that's my opinion. And as I talk through about like what shingles is and the different strains of shingles, um, it makes a lot of sense why I think that. In this episode, I'm going to discuss how you get shingles, all the different varieties of shingles out there because there are a lot. And then I'm going to talk about foods that will feed shingles viruses so they'll make it worse. And then I'll talk about foods that help get rid of shingles virus. And then I'll also name some herbs and supplements that are really helpful if you are dealing with shingles or you suspect that you might be dealing with shingles. Shingles can cause a huge variety of symptoms from rashes to neurological symptoms like twitching, tingling, spasms, chronic migraines or headaches, burning sensations, plus a lot more other symptoms. Shingles is responsible for Bell's palsy, frozen shoulder, diabetic nerve pain, colitis, vaginal burning, TMJ, sciatica, tooth and gum pain, tooth grinding, jaw pain, burning tongue, many cases of Lyme disease, and um, even misdiagnosed MS is the result of shingles virus. There isn't just one type of shingles virus that we can get. There's actually 31 varieties and more are being discovered as time goes on. I'm going to touch on 15 of those varieties in this episode. I'm not going to talk about all 31. Um, A lot of times when you get shingles, it's typically treated improperly um, because you'll get prescribed immunosuppressant drugs, steroids, um, or antibiotics which all of these end up making your symptoms worse because they're not actually attacking the shingles virus itself. Let's talk about how you can get shingles. There's many different ways that you can contract shingles virus. And shingles virus is actually in the herpes family, if you didn't know that. Shingles can be passed down from your parents to you, If you've ever had a blood transfusion, the blood that you were receiving could be a carrier for shingles and then it could give it to you that way. Shingles can be passed through exchanging bodily fluids. So this could be, you know, a partner, even sharing drinks um, with family members. You can also get shingles in a public restroom if you touch something. 
Um, you can even get shingles uh, if you're eating out from the person who's preparing your food. You can potentially contract it from them. Um, so that's something to keep in mind when you are eating out. A misconception about shingles is that if you had chicken pox, you will most likely get shingles at some point. And this isn't true. The only thing that shingles and chicken pox share is that they they are both viruses in the herpes family and they both can cause a rash. Other than that, there's, they have nothing in common. So just because you had chicken pox when you were young doesn't mean you're going to get shingles when you're older. Shingles hides in our livers where our immune systems won't know that it's there. And then when there's an opening, say like you do get sick or something lowers your immune system, then it will be able to flare up causing symptoms. So a lot of viruses like to hang out in our livers because our immune systems can't detect them there. And then when, like I said, when there's an opening, then it's their chance to kind of like leave and make you sick, basically. And if you're zinc deficient, it will also cause your shingles to flare up. Uh, if your immune system is weak due to age or other factors, it will flare up, kind of like I mentioned. High levels of heavy metals in the body can cause it to flare up. All viruses thrive on heavy metals. So the more heavy metals that you have floating around in your bloodstream are food to viruses, whether it's Lyme disease, shingles, um, the flu virus, like anything like that. So if you are sick, making sure that you flush out heavy metals through diet and minimize them coming into your body is really important. If you have a super strong immune system, shingles may lie dormant for your entire life and never cause issues. And you may never even know that you carried shingles if your immune system is that strong. Unfortunately, like most of our immune systems aren't that strong. And as we age, they do get weaker. So, you know, it is rare that this happens, but it is possible. The best thing you can do for shingles virus is take preventative measures. So this would be things like avoiding foods that feed viruses and eating more foods that boost immune health and starve out viruses and taking some immune supportive supplements. Let's get into the strains of shingles. So seven of the strains that I'm going to talk about do cause rashes on the body. And then the other eight strains that I'm going to talk about don't cause a rash at all. And often if you have one of those strains, you won't get diagnosed with shingles and they'll tell you that you have some sort of autoimmune disorder when you do in fact have shingles. So let's start by talking about the seven strains of shingles that have rashes. So first is classic shingles. The rash appears anywhere from the chest to the thighs. It can also include the side of the body or on one of your legs, but not both of your legs. It's usually just one leg. The next is upper body shingles. The rash appears from your chest up, like your upper chest and then your shoulders or neck, but not on your arms. The next strain is both arm shingles, and the rash appears only on both arms and both hands, but nowhere else. Then there's one arm shingles, and for this strain, the rash appears on one arm only. Next is head shingles, and this is when the rash appears on the top and sides of the head, and this includes the face. Next is both legs shingles, and this is when the rash appears on both of the legs. 
Then there's vaginal area shingles, and this affects only women, and it causes a rash that appears outside but near the vagina. And this strain of shingles is often misdiagnosed, and women are told that they have sexually transmitted herpes. Um, The way that you can tell the difference, because it can be scary if you just have shingles, but then you're told that you have herpes, you can tell because the shingles strain will be super painful. Like that rash will hurt really bad. And then the general herpes rash is less painful. So that's kind of how you can tell. There's a misconception with shingles strains that have rashes that the rash means that the virus is directly under the skin where the rash is. But that's not true because the virus is actually much deeper in the body and um, it's most likely in the bloodstream and the liver. So saying that it's right below the surface is wrong. And shingles virus releases a mix of neurotoxins in these strains that cause rashes. And this neurotoxin is poisonous to us, which is why our skin is reacting. Now let's talk about the shingles strains without rashes. So eight strains of shingles don't normally cause any rashes, um, but these strains produce a neurotoxin as well. So I was just mentioning that the strains that cause rashes produce a neurotoxin that causes our skin to react. These produce a neurotoxin, but that neurotoxin goes inward into our bodies and it targets much larger nerves and those nerves are already irritated from the virus being present in the body and then it causes them to be even more inflamed which results in more painful symptoms. For these strains of shingles that don't cause rashes, you may get prescribed an immunosuppressant drug or steroids. Immunosuppressants are rarely, if ever, a good idea. We, we need our immune system, especially when there's a virus or a pathogen in our body, because our immune system's trying to fight it off. And then when you take an immunosuppressant drug, it basically just makes our immune systems like tired and we, you know, not doing their job and just letting, you know, whatever's happening happen, which that's, you don't want that because then, you know, the virus, the illness, whatever's happening is going to get worse which will result in worse and more symptoms. Before I was diagnosed with Lyme disease and I had a really bad rash, which they did think was shingles at one point, but it wasn't, they were going to give me an immunosuppressant drug to calm my immune system down so that I wouldn't have this terrible rash. And I almost did it because I really didn't have any answers And I'm glad I waited and didn't do it because it would have made my Lyme disease a lot worse. And I I mean, who knows, I would have ended up with neurological Lyme and a lot more serious Lyme symptoms had I done the immunosuppressant drug. So again, you really need to like hold out before you do any kind of immunosuppressant drug if you do it at all. But that should almost be like a last resort because they can really cause a lot of damage. And then steroids also rarely solve the problem with shingles or with anything. Steroids just kind of put a band-aid on it, but it doesn't actually kill off whatever you're dealing with. So I also did the steroid route before I had my Lyme diagnosis and I had really bad a really bad rash and I got a steroid injection and you know it wore off within three months and my rash was back in full force and you know, I wasn't going to live by continually getting steroid injections every three months like that to me wasn't sustainable or healthy. 
So again, steroids don't solve the problem either. They just, you know, maybe buy you some time or some relief if you're trying to figure out what's going on and you're losing your mind a little bit because, you know, with rashes or, you know, with other symptoms, it really can make you feel like you're losing your mind. Another situation that occurs with shingles strains that don't have rashes is they will tell you that you have Lyme disease and then they'll treat you with antibiotics, which is already wrong if you have Lyme. Because if you listen to my Lyme episode, antibiotics treat bacterial infections and Lyme disease is a virus just like shingles is a virus. And so antibiotics allow viruses to get stronger. So when you treat something that's not a bacterial infection with antibiotics, it's just going to make you feel worse. I felt significantly worse when I was on antibiotics, like worse than I did before I started any sort of medication. So you could get a false Lyme diagnosis if you have shingles, but you're not showing a rash. And so then they'll want to treat you with antibiotics. And so if they tell you you have Lyme and not shingles, and you don't think you really have Lyme, then you want to ask for a more in-depth Lyme panel. There is a panel that they can do where they test more markers to see if you really do, in fact, have Lyme disease. And so that would be important to do to rule it out. So when I got when I tested positive for Lyme disease, they did a more in-depth panel. I think it's called like a CD57 panel. And my doctor was like, okay, if there was any doubt that you had Lyme disease, we now have confirmation that you definitely have Lyme. So that would be something you would want to do if you don't think it's Lyme and you think it's probably shingles. Another thing to point out about antibiotics is when nerves get inflamed from an illness like shingles, antibiotics can be very abrasive on those nerves, causing them to hurt even more. So if you have shingles and you're prescribed antibiotics and you wonder why you're feeling worse, it could be because it's making your nerves more inflamed than they already were, which causes more pain. So now we're going to get into the eight strains of shingles without rashes. So the first is neuralgic shingles, which is also known as diabetic neuropathy. And this shingles variety occurs more in non-diabetic people, actually. And it mainly attacks the lower extremities, like the legs and the feet, creating nerve pain, numbness, or even burning sensations. And these sensations can, they can be neuropathy Only if there was like a specific injury or impediment that you do remember happening. If you don't remember having an injury or something, then it's most likely due to shingles virus. The next is maddening itch. This strain creates a continual moving itch that cannot be scratched because the virus is irritating nerves that are too far below the skin to be reached with like our fingers. So like if you have a scratch on the surface of your skin, you can pinpoint it and you scratch it, it goes away. This, it's too deep below. So it feels like you have an itch, but it doesn't go away because you can't actually scratch it. Vaginal shingles. This strain affects only women and it goes deep into the inner vaginal walls and it inflames the nerves that are there. And it can also travel to the bladder and the rectum, causing extreme burning and irritation. Next is colitis shingles. This strain is responsible for almost all cases of colitis. And colitis is a condition that causes severe inflammation and bleeding in the inner lining of the colon. 
Colitis symptoms include intestinal pain, blood in stool, weakness, and weight loss. So oftentimes colitis is treated with immunosuppressant drugs or antibiotics, which are arguably worse. And I, you know, I've already explained why immunosuppressant drugs are bad. And then sometimes they'll use steroids to treat colitis, which it can put it in remission, but because steroids don't actually treat shingles, the remission won't last. And again, steroids are just a band-aid. So, you know, you think you're in remission, but you're not. The next is arm and leg, leg burning shingles. This strain creates a hot burning pain in the arms and legs, and the pain is coming from nerves below the skin, so it's hard to figure out exactly where they are to get relief. And in this strain, there's no rash, which makes it even harder to diagnose it as shingles. Next is mouth shingles, TMJ, and Bell's palsy. So this strain affects the gums and the area by the jaw. This strain is also responsible for Bell's palsy, which is a viral inflammation of like critical facial nerves and TMJ. So a lot of times medications given for these, they weaken our immune system, which allows the shingles to get stronger and worsens these symptoms. Next is frozen shoulder shingles. This strain aggravates the nerves in the shoulder, causing it to freeze up. And this like freezing up sensation can last for a month to a year. And this strain is also often treated with antibiotics, which only makes the condition worse. The last strain is body on fire shingles. This strain makes every part of your body feel like it's on fire. It happens from the virus finding a central location near the ganglia, which those are deep inside our nervous system. And then it releases a neurotoxin, which spreads throughout the body and it inflames, inflames every single nerve in the body, which is why the sensation is all over your body. This strain, fortunately, it is very rare and there are more milder versions of this. Um, so you may not have like an extreme case, but you have, may have a mild case of this strain. So now let's shift gears a little bit and talk about getting rid of shingles. So the goal is to get rid of the viral cells from the shingles that are living in your body. And you want to get it into a dormant state or even kill off the viral cells altogether. Although sometimes that's really hard to do to completely kill off all the viral cells. Um, but at least getting it into a dormant state is what you want. And this is done mostly through diet and lifestyle changes. And as I tell a lot of my clients, like the more consistent you are with implementing, implementing any dietary changes, the quicker your body will heal and you'll start to feel better. So if you want to get rid of your shingles, the more consistent you are with taking foods out that make it worse and adding in foods that make it better, the quicker that you'll actually start feeling better. And how long it will take to heal exactly, that varies from person to person. Every person is different. Every person is diff dealing with different viral loads. Um, you could have other illnesses that are coinciding with the shingles. So it just varies. But all I know is the more consistent you are and diligent about cutting out foods that will make it worse, the quicker you'll feel better. Another thing that plays a role in how quickly your body will heal is the health of your liver. So the healthier that your liver is, the quicker you will heal. The more unhealthy your liver is, the longer it's going to take. Because again, 
a lot of viruses like to hide out in your liver, and the more unhealthy your liver is, it's harder to completely get rid of the virus. As you start recovering from shingles, and this really goes for any chronic illness, you may still feel some symptoms that will last longer than others, and this is because nerves take time to heal from being inflamed for so long. And a lot of chronic illnesses have create a lot of inflammation in our body, which, you know, inflames the nerves. And our nerves take a longer time to heal. So while like you maybe you'll feel more energy or you feel like your digestion is getting better, um, pain, nerve pain will kind of be the thing that lingers because there's been a lot of damage done to the nerves and the nerves need to repair. Now let's talk about foods to avoid if you have shingles or you suspect you might have shingles. The number one food to avoid, and if you are only going to cut out one of these foods that I'm about to name, this would be the one to cut out, and that's eggs. Eggs is like the number one food that feeds viruses. So if you have Lyme disease, shingles, the flu, any sort of virus, cut out eggs at the very least. And then next is dairy, gluten, sodas, pork, tuna, corn, industrial oils like vegetable oil, palm oil, canola oil, corn oil, safflower oil, soybean oil, and rapeseed oil. Soy, lamb, fish, and seafood other than occasionally eating salmon, trout, sardines, mackerel, or halibut, and that's occasionally eating those fish. You would want to cut out vinegar, cut out fermented foods, including kombucha and sauerkraut. Those are extremely acidic. So even if you don't have shingles and you're dealing with high levels of inflammation in your body or you deal with acne, cutting out um, any fermented food um, like fermented vegetables and then again, kombucha or sauerkraut would be very important to do. You would want to cut out caffeine, which includes coffee, matcha, and chocolate. Cut out grains except for millet and oats. You would want to cut out alcohol, cut out nutritional yeast, and anything else that is made from MSG, which I, uh, I've mentioned it in another episode that nutritional yeast is MSG. And MSG is hidden under a lot of different names. And so if you go on my blog, there is a post about toxic foods and there's a list of hidden names that MSG is under. You would also want to avoid citric acid, aspartame, and any artificial sweetener. Now let's talk about foods to eat more of. So if you have shingles or suspect you have shingles, you need to incorporate as much of these foods into your daily diet as possible. So there's wild blueberries, garlic, ginger, celery, cilantro, sprouts, tomatoes, papayas, red-skinned apples, potatoes, sweet potatoes, artichokes, bananas, spinach, asparagus, leafy greens, so like deep green ones and purple varieties, green beans, kiwis, pitaya, and rosemary. Lastly, here are some herbs and supplements that are helpful if you have shingles. Celery juice, of course, because celery juice helps so many things. Aloe vera, cat's claw, curcumin, lemon balm, licorice root, nettle leaf, spirulina, vitamin B12, vitamin C, and zinc. And even if you've had shingles and you've recovered and you don't feel like you've had any symptoms anymore, 
it still can't hurt to follow some of these suggestions because you could still have the virus living in your body and maybe you're not symptomatic at the moment, but it could, you know, flare up again. So it can never hurt to take precautions. And again, as I mentioned earlier, the best thing you can do for shingles is take preventative measures. So if your parents had shingles and you're worried that you might get it, um, following some of these suggestions now would be super helpful before you even get it at all. Um, And even just cutting out some of those foods that I suggested in general, I mean, a lot of them are toxic anyway, and they cause a lot of inflammation. So if you don't have shingles and you're, you know, pretty healthy, cutting out, you know, some of those additives like MSG and citric acid and aspartame, that will only better your health even more. And if you suspect that you have shingles or you're dealing with some other health issue that you need one-on-one support and guidance for, that is what I'm here for. And so you can send me an email at tdnutritioncoaching@gmail.com, at gmail.com and we can set up a consultation from there. As always, thanks for listening.